So my mom and everybody under the sun kind of advised me or pressured me or was telling me that you're going to be a bride, blah, blah, blah. The first year of marriage, you're still technically a bride. You have to dress up. You need a new wardrobe because you can't be wearing things that you've owned since middle school. Fair. Whatever. Right? I spend over a year trying to find bargain prices, bargain hunting, um, new clothes, nice clothes, blah, blah, blah. So the first year of marriage... I'm a bride and I'll wear nice things and we go out on date nights and blah, 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 blah and all this fun stuff. Um, so I'm always wearing nice outfits. Which was never my expectation. But like everyone put that. Everyone that threw was, that. That was her, ex- like everyone's right? expectation of her. And then my mom's like, you have to dress up nicely for your husband, blah, 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 blah. You have to do this. You have to look nice. You have to look like the girl in the video where she said, after marriage, I look on fleek, right? Not only is that not me. Right. But it's like, even if I wanted to, even if I wanted to. Right. COVID happened. And then so by the time I got all of my clothes, because before COVID, I just had like seven pair, seven different outfits, maybe even less. Right. Um, and majority of them were leggings and stuff. Right. Because we were doing like hiking stuff. And, um, and then I had, like, then we went to Texas, blah, blah, blah. We, we got the rest of my clothes. And finally, Wislaud has her wardrobe that she worked really freaking hard on because apparently it's a thing that you have to do after marriage, right? Wrong. The anger. <laughs> COVID happened immediately, like, the week after we come back from getting all of my brand new clothes, okay? The week after. The week after the whole entire world shut down and i've only worn till this day that was what that was march yes things were shut down in march we are in september and i haven't even worn two percent of them and then i opened up one of the suitcases the other day because i don't have room to put all of my clothes out so i kind of like alternated them and some of the things don't even fit and it's just like wow all right i wasted time money and effort (laughs) <laughs> into the stupid expectation that didn't even happen. It didn't even happen. So what you're saying, Wissan, is that you're burnt out. Hey! Full circle. Oh, Tune Bob. in next yeah, week. Was... Goodbye. <laughs> I was waiting for it to get pulled in somehow. Hello, and welcome to Third Culture Block a podcast where we talk about our experiences that have led us to art and who we are today. I'm Ahmed Mustafa. I'm Wissal Jabril. And I'm Mohammed Smail. In this second episode, we're going to talk about the ever-marching of time and the burnout associated. We're going to try to talk about exploring art and staying engaged with art even when you're trying to monetize it or bring it onto a platform. Not only do you have burnout from your creative work, but the world, I mean, people listening to this in the the distant future, the year 2020, also known as the year of COVID. The year of burnout. Is is an added element to the whole burnout phenomenon because it's completely turned everyone's life around. It's yeah. changed some people's life slightly where 
now some things are just a mere inconvenience and it's changed other people's lives irreparably where they've lost a loved one that causes burnout as well yeah we are in the more fortunate position where our lives have just been inconvenienced by this and we should really appreciate that and realize that but how do you feel that has affected your creativity burnout has it added to it has it made things easier because you have more time to work on your creativity or has it just added a level of anxiety that you never envisaged happening it's definitely the biggest weighing factor now alhamdulillah like we are fortunate there's like the inconvenience level but it's affected a few people in our lives so it's not always happy honky-dory so there's that level of worry. Um, my, you know, like it just like constantly worrying how it will affect my parents, for example, in my case. So there's always that burning in the background. Sometimes I, especially in the beginning, I was like, you have all the time in the day. So I had this like routine of doing my gratitude posts and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like sit there and draw and paint in the mornings and have my morning coffee and my morning rituals but that also started off with the whole thought process and acceptance and expectation for this to be a, a three-week thing Ahmed was told that he wasn't going to be back to the office for three weeks and uh what I, thought, we- I thought it was so clever because they were like oh yeah you're gonna have to stay home for this quarantine thing I was like oh nice I'm going to steal a bunch of snacks from the office so that we have snacks at home. And I won't, it will be like I'd never left. First of all, we had three weeks of expected quarantine. I ate all the snacks in the first week. <laughs> so The first three days. Morale was low. Like... <laughs> morale was low. Hope was, hope, was, uh, hope was not high. And then uh, after three weeks, they're like, mm, yeah. Three weeks, more like uh, not coming back till December, and then no. At first, it was September. It was September, yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay. That's more like six months, <laughs> <laughs> and then halfway to September, they were like December, and now it's April next year. I'm not gonna be going back into work, but I totally agree with that. I think um, uh, part of it is in the everyday, even though we we're like minorly inconvenienced. There's a thing called decision fatigue and the the concept of your will being kind of a limited resource or muscle. The fact that not only does going out to get supplies for art or doing something become a bunch more decisions you have to take into account with all the new normal stuff, but there's also just a certain level of... Um, willingness you have to have to go and do those things so it it takes more effort to have constant vigilance while you're out you know grocery shopping where before you could just kind of go around now you have to like read signs about doing certain things and you have to keep a certain distance and wait for certain people and lines everywhere so it, it it becomes kind of this whole affair to do anything when you've got all of these extra decisions and things you got to do when you when you come home you have the option of vegetating and kind of um not making any more decisions 
and you know letting your your tired will muscles rest by choosing to watch videos or eat food or whatever or to be productive and to pick something art related I do find it fascinating how different people have reacted differently to this. So the two categories that you mentioned, Ahmed, we see that in practice. You have people who have become vegetables, or you have people who have become health fanatics yeah. over the period of however long it's, this has been going on for now. They've completely turned their lifestyle around, be it their diet, be it their workout routine, and it's done wonders for them. The same can be said about creatives. Some people have burnt out and other people have seemingly maneuvered around the landmines and become even more creative. I think it ties to like escape though, right? Um, if, if art is an escape for you, then you become really, really good at it when you need to escape things, right? <laughs> um, whereas if art is a soothing thing like it, it, it's active versus passive if you're actively doing art and that's like a, an activity or like hiking or something then doing it is soothing to you but it is still an act of drumming up the courage and will to go and do it whereas if it's more passive kind of I've picked out this time to, you know, have a massage, be massaged, and art is allowing me to do that. Some people are like that. Sometimes we saw you kind of go into this leaf-in-the-wind kind of art mode where you're just putting stuff out, and it's not so much that you're investing in the activity of art, like you don't have an idea or a goal in mind, it's just the doing of it. When you're doing that, it, it, I feel it happens more often um, versus when you actively create, when you actively be creative, that's like a different thing. I think one thing now reflecting over why um, it's been <laughs> like an on and off thing, it's um, finding a healthy balance for myself because sometimes if I start something, I... I my normal tendency is to not get up until it's done, right? Or at least until my butt's sore or something, you know? I have this kind of, um, not a guilty conscience, but it's it's kind of there where I just feel, oh snap, I didn't cook anything, I didn't clean anything. And it's been this whole concept, even amongst like my friends and I, you paint, you coming out with a painting, is doing something and I'm I think part of me is still battling this whole doing my art is doing something because I feel like it's always been kind of drilled into my brain you're either like wasting time or like you do art as a leisure thing it's not a thing that you do right so I feel like with this whole do you feel like that was drilled into you culturally culturally yes even though my dad like my dad for example, he's um, he's a watercolor artist. Growing up, he'll only do it when he has time on the weekend free, right? Um, and so that's why I'm like, okay, well, I'm like I'm trying 
to kind of be gentle with myself and 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 accept the fact that sometimes me like the way I do it is I have to I, it, like if I leave a pro sometimes when I leave a project it's good it's like okay that's how much I did today I don't know what else can be added to it but I know it's missing something and if I stare at it any second longer it just might end up in the trash or just you know I'll just let me literally sleep on it um so I have those moments and then I have moments where I'm like I cannot get up until it's finished because if I get up nothing's like it I won't be able like it'll ruin the process so I've I've battling that feeling of investing my time like all of this free time right because I can get lost in a piece I can sit there for hours sometimes Ahmed could talk to me and I may not even hear him right and she def- definitely will yeah. not hear me yeah. <laughs> then the may and or may just, not it's not it an just, option you know and it just like I I guess it's that guilty conscience of 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 you know fully being um what's the word not engulfed is it engulfed it could be yeah like just consumed consumed um consumed by a piece right um and so i don't know i just uh that's that's kind of where where i go up and down and and then it does that whole thing where like if um what is it the thingy the paralysis um paralysis through analysis paralysis through analysis yeah yeah where I'll just like, okay, then I just end up not doing any of my pieces. Or I had the, like, I have these, like, hundred little canvases that I'm currently working on. And there are, like, other external reasons. But, like, there's, like, an emotional detachment because of external reasons. It's just made it so hard to do. But then I have the guilty conscience where I have other things that I want to do. But because I need to do these... I'm not going to do anything else until I finish those. Probably like two months. They sat in a box. I look at them and I walk away. Just like I couldn't find anything in me to push myself to get them done. Um, Because like emotionally I'm extremely detached from them and I'm blocked or I like feel like I don't have what it takes to do them or in terms of like the idea or how I want to do it or if it will turn out right or if what I'm going to do is going to be nice or if the person who wants them is going to like them blah 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 and so there's like a lot of factors that goes into it the state of the world really impacted that and so it was like this obnoxious domino effect or vicious cycle I would like to say can't do those so I can't do other things until I do those but I can't do those so everything else is not going to be done if you look at corona as a as a natural natural disaster but on an emotional sense it's its own fire I think um it's kind of burning out uh artists all around the world because when your value is in creating things and you suddenly aren't able to create things um then I think that inactivity is 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 gnawing right I, I think sometimes you've got so many ideas in your head that you burst a pipe and you you are too constipated to actually make anything 
that in and of mm-hmm. itself is like a burnout kind of thing you know agree, yeah. like if you feel constipated for too long with these ideas then that pipe's gonna burst our society has definitely become distant and i don't know at least for me a lot of my creativity is begotten of being around productivity or working with like similar people community wise so to have this necessity suddenly of um, distance makes it really difficult to create anything because you're not you're not surrounded by that directed inspiratory force I've had a similar experience several years ago where I moved to a very different country with a very different culture. For about a year, I didn't take a single picture. After trying to figure out what happened during that period, I believe when the mind is just bombarded with differences whether it's a new environment or a new work routine or a new lifestyle it takes some time for the body and the mind and the soul to make adjustments because you're so Mm -hmm. fixated on trying to get used to this new quote-unquote norm that you don't really have much time to think about anything else the human mind loves routine Mm -hmm. yeah so when you're thrusted into something completely different, your mind is literally flabbergasted. So when you're in that sort of mental space, creativity, I guess, takes a back seat because it's not really a survival. Mm, right, yeah. unless it's like applied to like a Whoa. survival situation. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, and unless it, you're, yeah. yeah, but when you're transitioning, it's like, <laughs> where are my resources? Yeah. What are the things that I can hold on to? And and I think that's like that's something that's that's true. I think getting skilled at transition is is a skill of um of trying to remain creative in these weird in betweens. So even though I am a photographer, it's my profession, it's my passion, it's my drive, my fascination in this life, beyond a shadow of a doubt, right? There have been occasions when I felt the need to revise, reevaluate my relationship with this passion, that almost year of inactivity when it came to photography, I actually pushed myself to do a 365 project, which entails taking one picture every day for 365 days. Even though I didn't finish the 365 days, the project was exactly what I needed at that time in order to be propelled deeper into the world of photography. It did inspire me to start my project, Faces of Qatar. Now, when I started that project, I had no idea where I was going to take it. And I did fall into the trap of trying to perfect it before starting it. I told myself, it's never going to be perfect. So stop trying to make it perfect before you start. This is a form of procrastination. Absolutely. I went online. I went onto the local forums. 
and I said, hello world, I am starting this project, I am looking for participants, hit me up if you're interested. Within a very short period of time, I got responses of people saying, yes, I will be in your project, it sounds amazing. And essentially for those listening, the project is about documenting the diversity of a country as small as Qatar. So my experience of Qatar when I was there, for the first few months, I was, to put it lightly, there was a major culture shock because I was coming from London, which is incredibly diverse and people from different backgrounds will mix with people from other different backgrounds. When I went to Qatar, you did have diversity, but you also had bubbles where Arabs mm. would mostly socialize with other Arabs. Westerners would socialize with other Westerners. Asians would, West- would socialize with other Asians. And for me, coming from London, it was such a disappointment because from my experience, beauty lies in interacting with people who are different from you. There is a profound greatness when you meet someone who is very different to you and you learn about each other. That's the beauty of life. So when I went to Qatar and it wasn't that, the reason why I was disappointed was because the potential was there. So I started documenting the different nationalities and I quickly realized that Qatar was ridiculously diverse for the size. If you are not familiar with the country, go check it out on Wikipedia. It is tiny. And when I say diverse, I started this project almost five years ago, and I've just finished now. I've covered a hundred different nationalities. Wow. Around halfway through, I lost sight of the final goal. And I almost had like a hiatus where I didn't do anything with it. It just sat there. So I had these images, I edited them, I had the people's stories, and they were posted on my Instagram and my website. And it just sat there. So very similar to you, we saw the work just sat there. It almost stagnated. Mm. I didn't force it, that's the thing. I always knew it was there. So my approach was not to kind of go, no, this project is there, I started it, I have to finish it, I have to see it through. I just let it sit there. And I did something completely different. I was playing more football, I was going to the gym, and my project was always on the back burner. But then I had to remind myself of what I was doing and why I was doing it. And a very good friend of mine, shout out to Gabriela, who is actually part of the project. When she heard about the project, she was just so passionate about it and just fell in love with the idea. So she actually helped me complete it. And she took an active role by contacting several of the participants who helped me reach the 100 nationalities. So sometimes you do need that outside voice to kind of recalibrate your, you and your creative work. Almost five years later, the project is complete. I got it designed into a book. It's ready to be published. If there are any publishers listening, yo, hit me up. Let's get this done. 
This is a completely <laughs> shameless plug. Let's go. But you Book know time. what? We can do that. It's our podcast. We can do that. 100%. This is my real estate. <laughs> I can throw my own parties. No, and I think, like, it, it's true, like, um, to write, setting up time to do a little bit every day will kind of get the gears going to just do it and start pulling it out. And when, especially when you're burnt out, just having a date with yourself to do it. You were you were doing the 365. You were, you were saying, I'm going to do this every day. Rain or shine, smoke or snow. I'm going to do this. Um, and it exploded into this project, right? I think there's a lot of value in just doing a little bit every day. But then when you're doing the project for so long, like you were saying, or doing any project, it's really easy to start doubting it because it's only in your own head, you know? You're not if you're not bouncing it off with someone else or have like a community or like someone you respect and someone to critique it, then it's like, oh, nobody really wants this. Even if you get response online, it's like nobody wants this or like this isn't good or it it doesn't exist because it's an idea in my brain. But then when you get someone else and they're like of your people, your community, a fellow mm-hmm. artist, a respected critique mm-hmm. and they say, yo this is cool. Let me help you with this. Cause like, I want this to exist. I, that's, I think invaluable for me. Thank you so much for listening in. We plan on saving this last section for questions and answers in the future. So, uh, for our topics, check out third culture block on Twitter and Instagram. Our Instagram handles are in the show notes below. In the meantime, this is Ahmed Mustafa. This is Vistar Jibreel. And this is Mohammed Smail. Peace. Bye.